Hi, this is Dan Sullivan. I'd like to welcome you to the Multiplier Mindset Podcast. I've got a really great free zone transformation story today, and it features marvelous, marvelous person by the name of Lamar Lark. And Lamar, what can I say about him? I was in my Chicago office one day, and it was like at break time. And he came up to me and he said, is there any chance that I can sit down and talk to you? And I said, grab some food and we'll go in the cafe and sit down. So I sat down with him and he told me a great story. Started off, you know, went through college, got a job in corporate America, was with a Fortune 100 company, got to the top, was senior officer for HR for the entire United States. But he had made a vow to himself when he first got married and he started having kids that after 50, he would not uh, be in corporate America. So he would, you know, make sure he had a great family, make sure he was, you know, his children got off to a solid start, you know, got into the right education and made their way. But when he was 50, he just quit. He just quit corporate America. I'm Lamar Lark. And let's see, I think I'm going into my seventh year now and being involved with strategic coach, maybe even the beginning of the eighth year. And so I spent the first 24 years of my working career, at least in corporate America. I was at a large pharmaceutical company. In fact, it's a global pharmaceutical company. It's a Fortune 100. I spent 24 years there. I started out as a trainee with the vision of eventually becoming a vice president. Uh, After I think I became a vice president after nine years of being with the company. And then I spent the next 11 years in different roles. So I think in that, in my 24 year career there, I think I had about 14 or 15 different jobs, maybe 12 promotions. I loved it. It was a wonderful organization in the pharmaceutical industry, but my heart's dream and desire had always been to own my own business one day. And I said, you know, I was kind of balanced having kids in college and wanting to pay for all that and stepping out on on my own. And then I finally got to the point, I'm like, if I don't do it now, I'm never gonna do it. I'm gonna be too old. And then I'm gonna be living with all these regrets. So I had said before, on or before age 50, I'm walking away from corporate America. And so at age 48, I made that huge jump and said, you know what? If I'm gonna do it, now's the time. So it was probably one of the most difficult decisions that I've ever made in my lifetime of a few sleepless nights. I talked to a lot of my mentors at the time. And finally I said, you know what, Lamar, this is something you've been saying you wanna do. You gotta give it a shot. I think we have been pretty good stewards financially. And so I made the decision. I said, I'm I'm stepping out, I went in and I, uh, mentioned to my leadership that I was going to be walking away. They thought I was kidding that something had happened and that I had had a bad weekend or something or a bad week. And I'm like, no, no, no. They said, why don't you take the weekend and think it over? I said, I can think it over for the next three weekends, but I'm telling you, I'm leaving. Okay. And so once that decision was made and I actually walked away, I remember it like it was yesterday. The week Uh, before Memorial Day weekend. And I said, you know what? I had one friend who had become one of my closest friends over the last 20 years who lived in Toronto. 
And he and I have been talking about this. He's one of the people I was bouncing it off. He said, man, once you do it, why don't you and your family come up and spend the weekend with me in Toronto? He said, I got this leadership meeting that I'm going to be going to. He said, if you go with me, fly into Toronto, we can drive over to Ottawa. We're going to have five hours in the car there and five hours back. And I'm like, do I look forward to a 10-hour car ride over the weekend? No, I don't want to do that. But I said, okay, because I'm like, I'm going to have some time on my hand. And so he started asking me questions. Little did I know he had been in coach for 10 years prior to that. So all of the questions that he was asking me was based on things that he had learned in being a part of coach. And he said to me, Lamar, so I, we've been knowing each other all these years. I want you to really tell me who you are. He said, if we're having this conversation three years from now, and you have to look back and say, I had a successful step out of corporate America and into this next phase of life, what's that going to look like? And I hit one of those painful moments. And I said, man, you know, that is a really good question. He said, it seems like you're really struggling. And I said, I am kind of. And he said, I'm wondering, do you really know who you are apart from your vice president title at a Fortune 100 company? Boom. That was like somebody stabbing me, right? And I'm like, okay, you got me. Let me wipe this blood off <laughs> Then we, can, then we can start over. But I had allowed the role that I had achieved and the level that I had achieved and all the perks and flying on the corporate jet and all of that stuff to help define me. And that's not who I am. That's what I was doing for all those years, but that's not who I am. And so as we worked through that, and he was so patient, asked me question after question, he wouldn't let me give him any generic answers. We literally talked for that entire five-hour trip. And when we got to Ottawa, he said, tomorrow morning, let's meet early for breakfast. He said, we're going to do a different version tomorrow of what we did today, only I'm going to write down everything you say. I'm like, what? He said, I'm going to ask you questions, but I'm going to write down all the answers. I said, why are you going to do that? He said, because in five years, I'll agree to three if you push me. He said, I prefer five. He said, but I'd like to write down everything you say and tell me what your dreams are. And then in five years, I want to come back and pull the sheet out and I want to see how you've done. I'm like, that'll be interesting. So we sat down and he just started asking me questions and he's writing the whole time. I said, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do with this church. And this is the kind of business I want to set up. And I had three different goals in mind. And I said, this is where I want to travel to. It was a two-week trip. I had never taken a two-week vacation because when you're corporate America at that level, you know, it's macho to not take your vacation. So I laid out, I said, I want to take a two-week vacation to South Africa because it's one of those things that's been on our bucket list for a long time. I want to go out. I want to be right next to an elephant, a lion, a rhino. I want to see them all up close. And so we wrote all of this stuff down. He shows me all these pages. He says, okay, now let's put a time frame around each one of these. Are we going to agree to five years? I said, let's do three and do our checkup. And then in five years, and look at the whole sheet. When we came back and had our conversation at the three-year mark, I was about 65% of the items on that list I had completed. Now, I, he introduced me to coach, and I started going into the strategic coach. And then I started making the connections 
a lot of the questions he was asking me, he learned from this program. Duh. Okay. And so now I'm learning them and I'm understanding how all this works. And so when we got back together at the five-year mark, I think I had now been in coach coming up on two and a half, maybe close to three years. And he's like, Lamar, let's go through this list. And we go through it. And we go through each item one by one. One of the dreams that I had is we took this old farm from the late 1800s. The farm had an old barn on it and it had two houses. And we took this old farm from the 1800s, the old barn, and converted it into a church, into a worship center. But we kept all the original walls that was from the barn. We power washed, we sprayed it for three weeks trying to get the smell, clean out all the animals and all that stuff. So all of that dream that I had of this, restoring this barn, making it look like it's original, but keeping it and converting it into a worship center. We were sitting on the farm when he was asking me these questions. And so he's sitting there looking at this and he said, Lamar, you described this five years ago. He said, we're sitting here. He said, I can walk out here and take a picture of what you wrote down five years ago. And now this getting really scary stuff. And I'm sitting there and we both, I'm a macho kind of dude. So you can't ever say I told you this, but we both, we both got kind of teary eyed. He said, man, do you see how when you get focused on your vision and you're clear about what you want to be, what you just did here, maybe that corporate job helped you, helped you to see what was possible. But what you learned over these last few years in coach and how you learned to focus and put goals in place and put time frames around them, you went after it from a total commitment standpoint. I was sitting there in tears. We walked into this office that I had built inside of the barn for myself. And he looked at it. He said, remember when you described that you'd have an office in here that you could look out over the property? And he showed me on the sheet. It was almost surreal. I sat there and I said, wow, when you go there now, it literally is registered as a federal historical site now that, you know, it's in D.C. in the registry. Things that I never thought would be possible. We were doing it for this church. But what it ended up being, it's now a destination site where people have weddings and different venues. We rent out the two houses there. It's just been incredible. During the time, how I was able to raise some of the funds, a part of that conversation on the way to to Ottawa was, I was going to take my 24 years of corporate experience. He was going to take his 35 years of being an entrepreneur. We were going to merge those and use a partnership that we created with the company that we created, that we would work with Fortune 500 companies and help them create this management of the future. And so we had both had done a lot of work in HR. We had done a lot of work with diversity and inclusion. So we created this new model that we worked on together, that everything that we learned in coach helped us build this model. When we went out to our first client, and I remember one of the the questions in coach was defining what's it going to take to get your client to write you your largest check ever, right? And so we wrote down, okay, what's your dream check in essence? And so he and I had that conversation and we agreed. We said our dream check is to be able to meet with the CEO and have them write us a check for a million dollars and they commit to a two-year contract. 
we said we're going to need at least two years to build a business and get to that point. At the 11 month mark, we got the first, and I now I'm in strategic coach. I'm understanding it a little better, understanding how to ask the questions and really function more as an entrepreneur. We got the first corporation to write us a check for a million dollars. And they didn't commit to a two-year contract. They asked us if we would agree to do it for three years. I said, well, we're not going to give you a three-year program for the price of the two. So they're like, we're not worried about that. We want your services. And so we ended up creating this business that we call WPM, which stands for Where People Matter. I combined the work that we did in our LLC together, along with what I was doing to try to complete this church. And so the work we were doing in our business over here was helping provide some of the funds to support my dream at the church. And I ultimately had a dream of saying, I want to own a restaurant here locally. And I said, the only restaurant that I would ever consider owning, I said, I love Chick-fil-A. Hence, the little Chick-fil-A cup. And I said, what would it take for me to own a Chick-fil-A? So I started doing the research. People would say to me, Lamar, it's harder to get a Chick-fil-A than it is to get into Harvard. And I'm like, what? And so I do the homework on it and I find out that they get about 40 to 50,000 applicants per year. They select between 80 and 100 people. And out of that 80 to 100 people, typically only 40 to 50 of those come from external because they select the internal people first. And my buddy started telling me, man, think about what your odds are for getting that. I'm like, that doesn't matter to me. I've never been afraid of competition. Now I'm in coach. I'm learning all these things. I'm learning how to ask the right and really good questions. And I started this process. The interviewing process to become an operator, it's a step-by-step build-on process to be able to own one. Two years, and it's intentional because they want you, their term is, they want you to marinate in the process and to make sure that this is what you really want to do. Long story short, I completed the two-year interviewing process, three years to get the location, and now we're going into our fourth year. We just won a month ago our second car. If your sales increase year over year by 20%, you win a new automobile. And if your bottom line profit, your net profit increased by 15% over that same time period, there's additional dollars that are added. So two years in a row, we've won two new cars and I am extremely excited about that. So my last big dream was, and this is a part of the conversation I had when I first met Dan and had the lunch conversation with him. The work that we did at the church and at the barn and the work that I did with my buddy there from, Toronto, because we were so focused on diversity and really making this an inclusive, diverse environment, the church that we planted, we said, we don't want it to be a black church. We don't want it to be a white church. We don't want it to be a Hispanic church. We want it to be a multicultural, multi-generational. We wanted to have a church to be like, to look like what we thought heaven would look like, which is inclusive of every tribe and every nation and from people from every walks of life around the globe. So, We did that with this church and we were intentional about going out and including everybody, every nationality and trying to bring them together and see what we can accomplish. And so now this church has been in place now for a little over uh, five years. 
everybody that worked with me on completing that project were from a diverse background. We all looked different. We all bought these different ideas. And so I was telling this story. People have asked me a lot of times, tell me a story about this bar. How did it get to look like this? And so I started telling the story multiple times. And it led to people saying, you know what, Lamar, you ought to write a book about this. And I'm like, I'm not a book writer. And I'm never writing a book. That would be the last thing I do is I'm never writing a book. So they're like, no, 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 you ought to write a book. And there's people that would help you to write this book. Yeah, no, I hate writing. I didn't like writing in school and I don't want to write. Long story short, enough people kept pressuring me, kept asking me, kept asking me. The book is almost done now. I have had a few people to work with us. So we're probably about a month and a half away from this book going to the publisher. And the book led to the conversation after I showed so many people the property and they came over and visited and looked around. They're like, Lamar, you know, this should be a movie. I'm like, come on, man, who's going to make They're like, no, 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 you really ought to make a movie about that. I'm like, I'm not making it. Okay. So I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. So one of the bucket list items that I mentioned to you earlier was we wanted to go to South Africa. So we go to South Africa for two weeks. I got... 20 plus hour flight there, 20 plus hour flight back. While I'm there, we go to Nelson Mandela's home. We'll go to Bishop Tutu. I go to the prison that Mandela was in. I'm out there on the safari. I'm looking this rhinoceros in the eyes and I'm within 10 feet of him. And I'm like, if this thing gets hungry or charges, there's no, I'm done. So I said, I might as well just take pictures. And so I'm not going to do my bucket list. I might as well enjoy it. If he's going to take me out, somebody will see. I got a good picture of him, right? So we're doing this. And all the time while I'm in Africa, and I'm looking at what Nelson Mandela did there with apartheid, and I've always been a huge fan of Dr. Martin Luther King, and we built a lot of our business off of what Martin Luther King's statement was when he said his dream was that one day people would be judged by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. We took that and flushed it out and created our consulting business with it. So as I'm there now and I'm looking at what Mandela did, I'm comparing it to what Martin Luther King did. And I'm thinking about the work we did at the church. And now this movie thing keeps coming back. And so I start writing stuff down while I'm in Africa. I said, okay, if we were really going to do a movie, how would I make this work? So I'm taking my experience in corporate America. I'm taking what we did with this farm in this barn, and I'm taking this consulting business, and I'm like, huh, how do I bring this all together? I wrote on the way there and on the way back, I just wrote these outlines and put it all together. I come back, and I'm like, how am I ever going to produce a movie? How would this ever happen? I come back, and I have a meeting in Washington, D.C. with a group of entrepreneurs there. I end up sitting beside a person who, as a partner, with a film producer that produces faith-based movies. He asked me about my dream. I tell him, we get into this long two-hour conversation after dinner. He says, I want you to meet my business partners. They're out in California. I want you to tell them everything you just told me. Within a week, I'm on the phone with these guys. We have what was scheduled to be a half-hour conversation. Three hours later, we would love to bring your story to the big screen. So we literally now are in, in fact, they have, we have the contract. My attorney is reviewing it. As soon as all the legal aspects are done, our dream and our goal is to be in production for this movie this summer. 
We're hoping that it can be released by next year. All the things that I've learned in being a part of Coach, how to take your vision, put a time frame around it, commit to it, then 10x your thinking. One of the people that I met in Coach said to me, because we would always try to meet up and sit beside each other. So we were talking one day and he's in the medical field in the southern part of the country. And I live in Chicago, of course. And he said to me, you know, the reason I love coming to coach and sitting beside you and talking, he said, every time I leave, he said, I feel like when I spend time with you, I become a better version of myself. Of course, now this puts me, I'm trying not to go into tears. And I'm like, man, don't be talking like that while we're here. We're all great. But we kept challenging each other. And when I would share dreams with him and he'd share them with me, we'd write it down and I could come back and talk to him and we would check in. A lot of the things that are on my dream list, the trip to South Africa, completing the barn, now this movie. Oh, when we complete the movie, I am now then going to be moving to my next phase of dreams, which I have on a separate list. So Strategic Coach has helped me become the best possible version of myself. I love it. I love the material that Dan puts together. I love the people that I connect with, but I love the fact that they ask me questions that make me think. When my thinking, when your thinking is right and you're thinking properly about the future, you literally can become unstoppable. And I love that. You know, one of the big concepts in Strategic Coach is the gap in the gain. And some people you know, have an ideal for what they would like to be their future, but it's disconnected from what they're actually achieving. So they'll achieve goals. They'll look successful in the eyes of other people. They may be role models for other people. They have an ideal that they can't achieve. And what I really appreciate about the story that Lamar set wasn't an ideal for the future, but it was a deadline for the future and that he would achieve this and achieve this and achieve this before he got to the deadline, and he did. And then he set a new set of measurable goals, which were lifetime goals, but he achieved them in five years. And now one of the big goals is to get the story out in video form, into movie form, so that he can take the mission of his church community out to the world. Just love what he's doing. I've introduced him to some of our Free Zone community, and they really, really appreciate him. And he'll be in the Free Zone, I guarantee you. He'll be in the 10 times and then the Free Zone. That'll be the next steps. You know, his vision of the future for how people can be in a community and have a great place where they get together and develop their own visions for the future. So really happy to be part of Lamar's story. Lamar's story.